Hello, my name is Olga Podorovska. I'm from Russia and live in the city of Moscow. And like all of you, I'm finding myself on temporary isolation or quarantine. And I feel really sorry that I cannot at the moment socialize with the people I used to before. And I truly feel sorry that I cannot meet all these people who I used to meet at the festivals. And for those who do not know me, I will introduce myself very briefly here. My story started that when in teenagerhood, I spontaneously started experiencing astral travels. I was living in the Soviet Union during the Soviet times. And nobody knew about this type of phenomena. Therefore, I had to find my own answers. I did not have a choice whether to start walking spiritual paths or not. My life conditions and situations pushed me to search for solutions and answers. For a few years, I had to study these phenomena all by myself. And because in the beginning these were spontaneous astral travels, I suddenly realized that if it is spontaneous, it can also be done consciously. And I started learning to travel in the astral field. First and foremost, it gave me understanding that the human life does not end while the physical body dies. These were very revolutionary ideas in the country where was prevailing atheism. And later on in my life, people started coming, those who were already traveling in astral world. Spiritual teachers started showing up and I got interested in enlightenment. So 25 years of my life I dedicated to for the search of enlightenment. The teacher that I had at that time told me that without understanding and knowing who I am, anything which I would achieve will make no sense and it will be short term. He also explained me that there are two paths to spirituality. One is vertical and another one is horizontal. Later on, when I got to know teachings of Dzogchen, these are Tibetan teachings but not Tibetan tradition. Generally speaking, all teachings fall into three categories, namely Sutra, Tantra and Dzogchen. Dzogchen is the teaching of the highest order, Sutra being the longest way, Tantra much faster way, and Dzogchen is instantaneous transmission based on realization. In Sutra, there could be millions of practices, processes, understandings, achievements. However, in Dzogchen, you have to make only two steps, because it is a vertical path. First step is enlightenment, and the second one is realization of the light body. 
enlightenment is the basis, since it's a realization of the nature of our minds and our nature. Therefore, I spent the greater part of my life in pursuit of enlightenment. As a consequence of that, I withdrew myself socially and lived all by myself in the forest. I used to attend a lot of long-term retreats. Sometimes it lasted months and sometimes a year. In the end, I started living in the forest all by myself where I was practicing. I was looking for the optimal solution, for the optimal path. Respectively, I was studying nutrition and detoxing my body, which allowed me, as a consequence of that, to spontaneously move to pranic nourishment. It took me by complete surprise because I felt I do not need physical food. However, I was not ready at all and it took me a while to consciously start this path. Real transition to pranic nourishment happened to me only after I got enlightened. Because as long as a human is on the path of enlightenment, he is in the mental state of a seeker. Most of people live in this mental state. They are always trying to come back home. They want to find something. These are people who want to find something, to learn about something. Mental state of a seeker is an endless path and the person feels unfulfilled. But after enlightenment, he realizes he's back home and the seeking stops. The person experiences new state of being the state of openness. When you are becoming an explorer and with every moment of your life, it gets more and more interesting. It is not path of the seeking, but the path of discovering, self-discovery. After enlightenment happened to me, I've developed very simple I got enlightened, I had thought to myself, I had spent 25 years of my life on a very basic things. Our true nature is always present and we don't have to travel to India, Himalayas. One only needs to refocus the attention. I've created methodology and named it Technology of Enlightenment, which allows during one session or one hour to realize the nature of the human mind. 
For many people, it became simply revolutionary, which were told that enlightenment is a grace which might be given to you or might not, or you might be on the path of enlightenment for ten thousands of years or millions of years and you never know when it's gonna happen. It's spontaneity. Thanks to this step-by-step -step method, I know where to direct the attention of the listener that he or she would not miss enlightenment. And that is called direct transmission, path of Dokchen. After this, I... After this, I transited to the path of pranic nourishment. Initially, I spent two months drinking only water. Eventually, even the water was not needed. And for another four months, I spent without the water. During this time, during this time, I had a lot of insights and the deepening of self-awareness. The most impactful experience I had received during that time, again, it happened spontaneously, is that my body suddenly dissolved into light. And I remember this moment very well when if I stay a few seconds more in total awareness, I will leave this dimension. I thought that I have to come back. I have to return and help people, those who are interested, to make a conscious transition. Then I engineered then I engineered. Then I engineered methodology how to transit to pranic nourishment and a course on pranic breath, which consists of three steps. In addition to that, I created methodology of sexual tantra because these are those parts of your psyche, of your energy, of your physical body that have to be balanced, otherwise they constantly leak energy. These are not practices. It's more of a reminder on how naturally it should be. Because It's a reminder of our natural state of being, a reminder of a harmony. People think that they need to practice. But my methodology or my tradition is based on a complete surrender. And then God comes into this body and starts to lead it. Meaning that not we are telling our nature of how it should be or how we want it, but our nature 
tells us how to optimally open up. And it is a big joy if we have a partner who is also ready to advance himself further. On the path, it helps tremendously. And it gives a big incentive to develop as a couple. I spent one year living in the forest and then I returned to Moscow. Upon return to Moscow, I started drinking water and it took a lot of time for me to adapt because I came back being completely new person and from time to time to stay equilibrated I drink juice I might drink or may not this is the state of autonomy And in fact, most of my time I spend with my students. Now we started a very interesting project. When I want to start an ongoing courses, happening locally, we even got space for that. I would like to collect a small group of people with whom we would go through the process. And later on, based on the experiences and the results, we could do this course online. Many people, especially who don't have any experience at all, confuse pranic nourishment with fasting. People believe that they have to do dry fasting, fasting to be able to transit to pranic nourishment. However, this is not about stopping eating physical food. Refusing oneself of something is contradictory to the pranic state. When a human transits to pranic nourishment, he experiences not a greater need of something, but an opposite. Sense of total self-sufficiency. Total inner fulfillment. And the first sign that the human transited to pranic nourishment, the weight stops falling and stabilizes. And I'm a good example of this, because before transiting to pranic nourishment, I was massively overweight. And when I transited to pranic nourishment, some of the weight fell off, however the rest stabilized. Majority of people who transited to pranic nourishment, initially they were fasting. And by the time they transited to pranic nourishment, their bodies were already evacuated. And therefore, they are very thin. My methodology considers a few steps. And even the person follows his paths 
these steps will inevitably be present. Duration of individual step might be shorter or longer, however, one has to go through all of them. I'm certain about it because I know what happens to physiology and anatomy when one transits to pranic nourishment. It's natural to be aware of them. It's a simple physiology. One should not mystify it under the names of energy, 33 octaves or any other name. It's just simple, simple physiology and basic processes that have to take place. However, one has to have an understanding how to start these processes. That's exactly my job, to explain how it all works. So, the most important signs that the person has transited to pranic nourishment. First, his weight is not falling. Second, he is not in the mental state of denying himself of something, but an opposite. He is in the state of total completeness and uh, openness. And the third is that you realize that for life, physical life, no physical food is needed. It only obstructs. Basically, no food whatsoever is required. It does not mean that the food is either good or bad. It is the same as anything on different stages, either still necessary or bringing up disharmony. Every single step has to be harmonized. Transition to pranic nourishment must happen within these three parameters. First, it is psychological transition. Second, it is energetical transition. And the third is physiological transition. In essence, psychological transition is simple. It happen within the split second. Biggest amount of time and greatest attention is given to detoxifying the body. One has to prepare the body to rearrange itself to make the transition. It has to undergo detoxifying processes which do not take up the time. It's not about that initially you detoxify yourself and then transit to pranic nourishment. This preparational time is part of the process of transiting to a pranic nourishment. It is for the purpose that later on you will not experience heavy, unpleasant states. And therefore, this process has to be infallibly completed. As a consequence of that, transition happens naturally and easily. I'm often asked to give advice to people who want to transit to pranic nourishment. First of all, study this phenomena. Get more information as much as you can. Mold your own understanding of the process. 
And first of all, answer to yourself honestly to the question, why do you need it? Few thousand people had completed my courses and the majority of them, a certain percentage of them, came driven by curiosity. In fact, people who would like to get real results, I would like to divide into two categories. First category are those who are very much in the hurry. They want fast results and they do not succeed. They stop and start, go forth and back like swings. To the second category for people who go slowly. They start, they stop, forget, start again, stop, forget, very slowly. Therefore, when you answer yourself the question, why do you need it? And what are you willing and ready to sacrifice? Because of all the benefits of pranic nourishment, there are plenty of drawbacks when it comes to social life. Also, family does not accept. Many friendships fall apart. One has to fit oneself within existing societal opinions. And one has to be ready for that. Many times I come across people saying that I transited to pranic nourishment, but my whole family got against me because they are operating on very different frequencies. They do not treat me anymore as the member of their family. And it's easier for me to go back to my old ways for the reason of not losing the family. And um, it is very important for you to know your priorities. I was the first person in this world to start organizing summits on the topic of pranic nourishment. I decided to make it publicly available, not like Jasmuhin, who has conducted many seminars for 30 people over the many years. I took decision to make international summits. I invited various speakers, famous speakers, and my students who shared the experiences. And this idea started spreading. Nowadays, Nicholas is organizing fantastic festivals. This idea suddenly became important for many people. And not only those who were in the past considered insane. There was a situation when once I was speaking on a national TV of Russia and the journalist tried hard to make a point that fasting is very dangerous for your health. And I agreed with them, because fasting can lead to death. But pranic nourishment is not about fasting. Therefore, it's of paramount importance to know the difference between the two. 
Therefore, I can only give recommendations in relation to the system I developed myself. When I'm talking about transformation, it has to be fact-based, but not theoretical or imaginary. Moreover, transiting to pranic nourishment, physical food becomes unnecessarily natural by itself. Also, as a consequence of deep inner transformations while transiting to pranic breath, the breathing stops. These are the indicators I am looking for. Stopping breathing is a real sign of transition to pranic breath. It's not the same as visualizing of taking breaths of energy or various super energies. It is a real fact because breathing has stopped. In yogic tradition, this is called Kevala Kumbhaka, breath without the inhale and exhale. It's not about extending your breath until infinity. Specifically, this phenomena, which we call prana, takes over the role of supplying life force without inhale and exhale. We no longer need to breathe in a commonly accepted way. That what we call as normal human breathing is an indicator of a degree of disbalanced system. Disbalanced etheric body, disbalanced other bodies, and all the practices which put emphasis of deep breathing or in general breath practices, inhale on one, two, three, four, exhale on one, two, three, four, five. These are all amateur ways to try to explore inner deeper processes. These practices are called traditional and been applied since ancient times titled as fire breath or another type of breath, this or that kumhaka, how many minutes can you keep on exhalation, it's all the same as asking how many days can a person stay on dry fasting or fasting, he can do 10 days of dry fasting or even something else, oh and this is such a big achievement, for example, a person didn't drink and didn't eat for 20 days. That is big achievement. And it does seem to be a great result. However, if you transit like me, when I stopped drinking for uh, several months and uh, stopped eating, I didn't even think, oh, it's an achievement, it was so natural. I did not count. One more day, how many days have I been like this? It becomes so natural. You focus on completely different things and experience different states of mind. When you stop breathing, you don't ask the question, so how many minutes have I not been breathing for? Is it beneficial for me or is it detrimental? You experience so much bigger than the words can describe and these questions do not bother you. Whether you are breathing or not, you really forget about it. Unfortunately, there are very few people who have experiences like that. But I believe, but I believe that those people who are interested, 
they can join our community and uh, learn the process that we, I am giving. Because it is based on concrete facts and proven steps. As I mentioned before, the steps that will give you factual, physical results. When I was talking about pranic nourishment and pranic breath, these are my actual accomplishments of this lifetime. However, the social tantra course which I teach is not based on my experience. This is memory based on reincarnation. This time when I was born, I remembered how in ancient Egypt young priestesses were educated. This type of education was not available for public. These teachings were restricted. They were restricted to a very small number of young girls that were educated from the early days they were born till they were 24 years old. That my experience must have left such a strong impact on me that since I was born in this lifetime, I could retrieve it as a system. And now, when I'm teaching social tantra, I am teaching it in the same exact form as it was a few thousand years ago. Basically, that's another way of direct transmission to merge with your own nature. Since the great transition or realization of the light body is possible in three ways. First is alchemy, using substances that was widespread in China and among alchemists of Middle Ages. However, these teachings were strictly kept secret and got badly forgotten. The second one is by stopping one's breath, kevala kum hak. And the third is exactly through sexual tantra. To my amazement, the simplest and easiest way is using sexual tantra. It is because when two separate parts meet together, when masculine and feminine connect, and when their inner masculine and feminine merge together, one instantaneously becomes complete. And this is a very beautiful process. It is very beautiful and effortless process. Since sexual energy represents that propelling energy, it is that God's gift which is given to us at our birth.
and it would mean sin not to make use of it. My life unfolded in such a way that the most scary, the most negative experiences turned into greatest wealth that I have. I had four of these experiences in my life. Because when, for example, when I found myself to be in a very difficult situation, that's exactly when I received the experience of dissolving into light. And in those moments when everything seems to be collapsing and uh, you think that you've lost everything and you do not know where to go, exactly in those moments the most secret doors were open. Nowadays it became very popular to catch people's attention with the conversations about body of light. And because most people never had this type of experience, there are just very few people in the world who have realized their body of light. Therefore, everything what is being offered in these esoteric circles are just interpretations, ideas, and hypotheses. What light body actually is. First and foremost, there is no such thing as the body of light. If we look at the traditions that over the thousands of years were teaching how to realize that aspect, that, that quality, then Tantra is called not the body of light, but the great transition. What does that mean? It means that we are materializing our universe every single moment including all these tiniest, minute objects. We materializing subconsciously, unconsciously, collectively. It will be very difficult to understand watching this video because these are very deep teachings. So, your focus will instigate the vibrations of a certain frequency. I believe it's all known and understandable and division to various bodies becomes subjectively relative because in the essence the body of light is a certain layer of vibration which is not personalized which does not take over individual traits therefore it would not be correct to call it body and when I dissolved into light, it happened only because I didn't have any idea of separation. Because people don't understand what that is, they are prone to easy manipulation. It is very easy to sell them something that they would buy. But if you want to gain clarity and have your experience, you must start with enlightenment. And 
answer the question, who am I? My experience of astral traveling removed completely the fear of death. And loss of personality and loss of individuality, it is similar to death. I would say it is deeper experience than the loss of a physical body. And there are many people who are ready to part with their physical bodies, but not ready to part with their ideas about themselves. The idea about me is exactly the idea which causes suffering. In fact, the best description about suffering or the reasons for suffering was given by Gautama Buddha when he was talking about four noble truths. I dedicated 25 years of my life to Buddhism and therefore it's easier for me to use that terminology. So, Buddhism is not a teaching. It is not tradition and not religion. One main reason why Buddhism stands out among other religions is that it is logical. It means that it is engineered in a logical sequence. And because of that, every person can find the optimal solution for his or her realization. Realization is fundamental. Spiritual path is not achievement of something. It is not about gaining something. It is about increasing one's perception, deepening perception and expanding it in radius. Therefore, spiritual path is not a gain. It's about losing illusions, losing suffering, losing blockages and losing limitations. In my opinion, when I observe what's happening across the world, I decided not to make any conclusions. I decided only to observe. And for our generation, it is totally new situation. Yes, on TV they are saying that in the beginning of the 20th century, in 1920, there was also a pandemic, because it's not the first time humanity encounters the pandemic like that. When people get infected and they get sick, they are afraid of each other, afraid to come close near each other. However, we are living in a slightly different century, in the age of information. And the only thing that I started seeing is that COVID-19 became a reason for the war of information. So where this informational war is going to lead us, 
What's the lesson we're gonna learn out of all of it? I do not know, but, however, curious to know. When I met with my students, we made quite a few unexpected discoveries. First year, we were discovering the Brazilianism. We were exploring various approaches to it, different methodologies. We found optimal solutions and then later, when for ourselves we came across the pranic breath. Please don't get confused with these breathing techniques which are very popular these days, like holding your breath, breathing fast or slowly, or any other way, because these techniques are for this superficial level and not appropriate. They might be suitable for emotional balance or something else. However, deep transformation with these techniques does not happen. And the most fascinating thing which happened to me when I started getting my students and after they received certain deep experiences, they started sharing their results. I'm not going to talk about their results now because on my channel there are a lot of videos dedicated to the results of my students. And if in the beginning I used to record my videos, now I started recording videos of the people who are telling about the experiences and the results that they achieved. And uh, during one session, completely unexpectedly, we discovered for ourselves that in our human body there are portals. And thanks to these portals, one is able to travel across the whole universe. For many people, it became a barrier because they got scared. However, I already have students who have the results. They live in, in Russia and abroad. I have a group of, a very interesting group of people in Bulgaria. Over the time, when we are not even together, they started discovering new and new parameters of which I would like to share. And if you're interested, please visit my YouTube channel and there my students are sharing their results and their achievements. These explorations and discoveries have my full interest at the moment. What we discovered is the realization of the immortality of the physical body. And this is a real realization. And the trend which I observe in the world is that somebody is trying to exterminate us. And I'm afraid that if we don't act and make any changes now, our future is not going to be as beautiful, as shiny and peaceful. I observe that we are being made 
into slaves and our biological bodies into the carriers of machinery and electronics. There is a program which is due in 2045 and which says that human creation has to pass three stages of, uh, of change. First one is the microchipping. The second stage is fusion of biological body by 50% with electronics. The third stage is the avatar. It is when biological human body will be replaced by, by a robot and consciousness downloaded into it. And the last one, when the physical body is fully substituted with electronical ones and there is no biology as we know it now. This program is being developed very progressively. If you're interested, you can look it up on the internet. And to my opinion, technologies like 5G, which are being set up everywhere now, will speed up the process of this program. I'm not sure if I would like to live in such a world. And these people who hear my words and uh, practice my practices, they get the chance to avoid all of this. In fact, the realization of physical immortality and realization of the light body or making great transition, they are very similar in fact. It is either we give our focus to the physical body and it becomes immortal, or we focus on our consciousness and we dissolve into light. Therefore, there is a choice. However, the choice becomes possible only at this level of consciousness, because till that moment, a human is susceptible to the influence of his own emotions, worldviews, ideas, concepts. And precisely in this unconscious state, person is losing his own energy. He is dissipating oneself. And these steps lead you onto the horizontal path, which I had talked before about. The vertical path is enlightenment and the realization of the body of light or making great transition. The horizontal path might take thousands of years in different shapes, in different forms, in different planets. However, it's always moving in circle. You can actually convince yourself that uh, this is not a circle movement, but a spiral movement. However, it is still endless movement. I believe we all need to unite. 
and start working on that understanding of life that will give future not only to us, but also to our children. In order to realize those states of being of which I had talked about, two things have to happen. That realization wouldn't be just in the thought form, but real and factual. And first of all, physical food becomes an obstruction. It takes away so much of our attention that it does not allow us to focus on something else. As a consequence, when the person transits to pranic nourishment, his body becomes clean and his breath naturally slows down. However, it would take many, many years if it's allowed to go its natural course. For that reason, the course of pranic breath is made up of three steps. On the first step, the human is introduced to its own biology. On the second one, his channels open up and he transits to a pranic breath. And at the third stage, a unique uh, quality is being engineered, which that very few people have understanding of and can properly explain it. In Tibetan language, it's called parlung. Par in Tibetan means between and lung means energy. Parlung is a new quality of the energy which is not being found in an ordinary human person's body. This is unique phenomena. It's unification of two sources of energy. In fact, it is that primordial energy, that body of the light, that has always been present and has always been within us. We cannot exist without the seed of light within us. That is always present. If we were not having Paralunga, our physical bodies would not exist at all. For the reason that we are in a constant tension and we do not know what to focus on and at, we tend to constantly miss this parlong. We do not see it. Parlong possesses one very unique quality. It cannot be controlled. It's not subject to any control. However, once you discover it, you can give it your attention. You may hold your breath or maybe breathing. You may be eating or may not. You may be drinking water or directing your energy somewhere else. It does not have any effect on Perlung. You cannot change it. You cannot make it move. Actually, it moves according to the certain trajectory. Actually, by moving according to a certain specific trajectory, it transforms the physical body.
Its role is like an axis, which unifies and holds all other bodies. It is a core from which entire creation of the world emerges. These are not just some fancy words. In, these are not just some fancy words. Wealth creation emerges. They arise from real experience of Parlung. And you start seeing all that. It is a great joy that I found the way how to pass it on to others, the Parlung. Because why? From the early childhood, I was fascinated by my ability to create systems. I do not see myself as a specially gifted person or some very genius person. I understand that this is my life's mission, is to design new systems of delivery of information. There are traditional systems which exist and uh, systems which are combined by merging few systems, a little bit from one and a little bit from another one. However, my approach is totally different. I propose completely new ways. I cannot understand why these fundamental things as the technology of enlightenment are not publicly widespread. But we are living in such a reality. And today we can already spread it. I wonder why is Kewala Kumhaka, which is considered the highest achievement in yoga, I can pass on to somebody in a few days. It is a totally different approach, because it was not based on previous knowledge. It was my search, my experience, that I passed on to my students, and they got the same result. It's amazing. It amazes me what's happening. It makes me wonder and admire. And I would like to share the joy and pass it on to the others. It's not even joy. It's some kind of deep wonder and delight when you touch mysterious unknown and it opens up to you. It is very beautiful. And I'm inviting you to join me in this. Thank you for your attention.